and welcome to the Movie Machine Podcast. It is a show produced by Hot Chocolate Media where we make up a movie for you very fast based on a random suggestion from the internet. We, as always, have three of the Hollywood elite here to help us craft a film. We have our writer, Ben, who was Abu's haberdasher on the new Aladdin movie. We have our director, Jenny, who is the forehead prosthetic supervisor on Stargate SG-1. And we have our producer, John, who was the goop technician on Alien 3. Welcome, everyone. Hello. Good to be here. I am your moderator, Jacob Gulliver, and here is your story of the week. The theme of this story is a weird slice of life. The main characters are a logical computer programmer and a plucky monk. The start of the story is a premonition. The end of the story is resignation. Okay, so I was originally going to pitch this to Disney because uh, some of their, like, you know, a Star Wars stories stories. Um, I don't think they're doing that anymore. So um, I'm going to sort of, you know, change the names enough so it's not Star Wars related anymore. If they change it, maybe I'll pitch it as that. I don't know. But anyway, so it's space opera and we have the the Jaiti, you know, which is a a race of, you know, space psychics. So this Jaiti named uh, Quan Walderson, it's a space name, it's Quan Walderson. It sounds goofy now, but once you're in the world, it won't sound any... But anyway, so he has a premonition of, you know, oh, we need to stop this. Uh, the, the darkness is coming. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, they can improvise some, you know, mumbo... That doesn't matter. It's, that's a MacGuffin. They need to get somewhere. So he teams up with a droid programmer or robo-programmer, because I don't think they've copywritten... No, a drone programmer. There you go. See? See, we're, we're, we're flexible. He's, limitations breed creativity here. Anyway... So uh, they're on a space journey and, you know, everything. But then uh, it's just kind of a road trip movie through the galaxy because they need to get to the, um, the dark planet to stop this, you know, this uprising. And, you know, the programmer, we have these all kind of wacky sidekicks. All the drones have goofy personalities. The programmer is sort of more of a robot than the actual... He's more of a drone than the actual drones. He's like, you know, that's illogical. You know, I don't... Percentage-wise, that doesn't make sense. And the robots... The drones are like, whoa, wackity, wackity. We have a weird personality. And you're just like... Lots of improv scenes, you know, just... Like, again, it's, it's a road trip movie. You know, just... We can have it low budget because it's mostly in the ship and just them getting to know each other, getting in wacky hijinks. One of the drones will accidentally steal from the space police and, oh, they got to run from the law. They go to an inn and it turns out it's haunted and, oh, it's like all kinds of crazy situations. And uh, finally they get there and if we can make it Star Wars, then uh, they fail in the premonition and the Jedi are destroyed. But, you know, it, it gets dark and they give up at that point. You know, it's like a you were having fun and then it gets a dark twist at the end. And if not, you know, we can set up for a sequel. So, yeah. Uh, and it's going to be called Fast Way Through the Galaxy or The Final Journey, A Star Wars Story. Again, that's up to the producer if they can pitch it uh, to Disney. 
All right, so we're going to pass it over to our director, Jenny. A tiny drone flies through your window and drops a capsule on your desk. Does the uh, cap- drone make a wisecrack? It does, uh, but it's in binary. The capsule opens up after pressing a series of buttons on the front, and inside there is this script. It's printed on a beautiful plastic that looks very futuristic and holds very nicely in your hands. Uh, and it is maybe a Star Wars story, but it's definitely a space opera. What do you think? How do you make this into something unique? And uh, who's going to be in this thing? Well, the first thing you have to do is this has to be funny. If we end up going with the Star Wars angle, like, you know, it's just going to have to be... You've got to engage the families. You have to engage the youth. The youth are very important. But you got to get the big names still. So for our logical computer programmer, we have to have Lucy Liu. There's no question. She's so good at doing logical, but still so good at being funny. We have to have her as our droid programmer or drone programmer. Did she program the drone that came to my house? I mean, she's not real. That's what movies are. But what if Lucy Liu did program the drone that came to my house? I can neither comment uh, nor deny this. Oh man, that would be so cool so yeah so our our not jedi what did what did you say that we're calling uh, in this one jidi jidi yes that's what it is i wrote it down and couldn't pronounce it my apologies i will get better at that it's spelled the same so our jidi who's a plucky monk we should use idris elba we just we have to if they're running from the law they're running around in the ship we could even do not quite good cop bad cop because they're running from the law which we'll have to figure out is the law the law could be drones is the law drones? Is the law people? Why wouldn't it be both? So we should get Michelle Rodriguez to be the head of the law. Get Tessa Thompson in there. And you mentioned there's a haunted inn. I'm very excited about this haunted inn. This should be one of the big parts of Act 2 is this haunted inn with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost as our ghosts. Just causing all sorts of mischief, banging cobwebs, telling them that they're not going to be able to do this, but they're going to be able to do this. And so it's going to be lighthearted, but we're going to have lots of like oranges and blues for our cinematography and it's gonna be deserty and they're gonna end up in some sort of oasis the inn's in the oasis and they're gonna figure it out and they're gonna win they have to win so you're changing the mass space genocide ending i don't want mass space genocide okay that's (laughs) we can leave that one to star wars all right, so John, the the big decision is on you. Is the Star Wars or not? And what do you think of the uh, the piece that your writer and director have put together for the studio? How much money are you going to throw at them? I absolutely love it. I mean, I think the direction that you're all going in is really, really keen. I think that we'll be able to make a ton of money off of this, which obviously is the most important thing. We can make a good movie, but if we don't make money, who cares? I do think we need to make a couple changes. I think that based on the market right now, I think maybe uh, Lucy Liu should be the monk. I think that uh, the drone should be played by Scarlett Johansson, because Scarlett Johansson fits basically any role. Am I right? And then I do think we need to make this a Star Wars movie. I think we need to pitch this to Disney. I think they'll give us a huge budget. I think we can easily get $200 million out of this budget. The big thing is is uh, we need to have a really good name for this. And, and, and you brought it up when you were saying that you wanted it to be kind of like a, a road trip kind of space opera thing. And, you know, they're on the run from the law, too. So I think that we should really do this as a origin story for Emperor Snoke 
and we'll call it Snokey and the Bandit. So which character is Snoke? Um, Snokey. I think that Snoke is actually going to be um, probably Lucy Liu. So then Scarlett Johansson is the Bandit? I mean, she stole the hearts of the nation. Uh, is it Snokey and the Bandit's a Star Wars story? What else would it be? I mean, it's not going to be Snokey and the Bandit, a Marvel Universe movie, or Snokey and the Bandit 2, Electric Boogaloo. I mean, we could do that for the sequel. Why not? All right. So, Ben, you've got the, the keys to the Star Wars universe in your hands. Uh, there have been some changes to the script by the studio, although you do have a few big names attached. What do you think? Can you spin a story about young Snoke starring Lucy Liu? Well, I, first, I just want to say I did an internet search and of all the Snoke theories, and there were only two that were this exact idea. But, you know, a very small percentage. So I think I'm excited, you know, people aren't going to see this one coming. So keeping this lighthearted, too, I think that, you know, since we're not ending with, you know, all the death and stuff, uh, there needs to be, you know, what's their personal journey? And, you know, I'm thinking Snokey, who's going to go by Snokey in this film, because that's kind of the thing is, you know, this is this is really uh, pre-turned. You know, we're going to do like the prequel thing and then maybe we'll have a sequel where he turns fully evil. Like, you know, you'll see some seeds there and he becomes Snoke when he's evil. So part of the Jedi Council, you know, he's on there, but he gets thrown out because he's too much of a party animal. You know, it's like, Snokey, too rambunctious you be, uh, or something. Y- you know how he sounds. And and Snokey will be like, hey, don't worry about it, man. Like, like you know, why don't we, you know, have you ever thought about the Force and how, you know, like, we're like rocks, too. We share the energy and like, whoa, give me some death sticks, you know, party on. Let's go to the glow stick planet. You know, just just all kinds of crazy parties and whatnot. And, you know, just really showing that this person is not qualified to be a Jedi. And so rather than, um, you know, having to go to save the world, it's basically this is your final test. You need to go to this, like there's this planet, maybe Jedha, you know, just it doesn't matter what planet, but it's basically like there's this planet that's really strong with the force and you need to go there. This is you need basically they're like, well, if we send Snokey on this big spirit quest maybe Snokey will finally calm that down and so it's basically and so Snokey starts that and basically you know gets with the droid programmer basically just to get to the first stop there and then it's really just completely gets sidetracked you know just goes and does their own thing and meanwhile we'll cut to Yoda and you know Qui-Gon you know we'll set it back there Liam Neeson will get him and they're just sitting around so it's it's pre-prequels yeah okay Snoke's an oldie and you know it's like the first planet they were supposed to go to this, you know, ancient pyramid. And we just cut to comic while they're doing something really weird and out. It cut to the Jedi just waiting around. It's like, sure, taking a while to get here. And then maybe they'll get in a little crazy little side quest too because they've set up all these traps for the Jedi training and they accidentally fall in it or whatever and you know just really and finally at the very end after they've gone through all of this misfortune and bad luck Qui-Gon like just yells at Snokey and it's just like you'll never be a Jedi you're fired or whatever the Jedi equivalent of that is like we do not give you the rank of master sort of thing but Snokey has realized through this whole journey it's like I don't want to be a Jedi anymore. I just want to be free and go do the galaxy and find myself sort of thing. It's sort of a reverse character development thing where, or it's more of a, you know, be yourself kind of story where it's like you have to pass all this stuff and then you just realize, no, I'm fine the way I am, you know, until the next movie when they turn evil. 
also in the third movie turns into Andy Circus somehow. We'll think of that. They fall into a volcano. All right. So, Jenny, you've got a new pass back from your writer. Uh, it's much more in the tone of, like, uh, sort of office comedy kind of movie, just set in the Star Wars universe with, like, somebody who's being held down by the man trying to escape and find some purpose. What do you think? Is this is this a good direction? And what comes next in your, your storytelling process? You know, Ben, I really like what you were saying about Snokey's really going off to find themselves. And what better place to find yourself than that rave planet, Jetta? Like, that's incredible. You did something good there. Yeah. Um, not to be confused by the other Jetta, which is the desert planet. There's raves in deserts all the time. You ever been to Burning Man, my friend? All right. Yeah, no. I mean, and that's where our oasis is going to be with the Haunted Inn. Everything, everything leads to Jetta. All roads lead to Jetta. And it's going to be really great. We're going to have this opening shot when they finally get to Jetta of just this sunrise on this desert landscape. There's rocks and crags and lots of orange burnt colors to maybe tie into future volcano under the oasis falling into becoming Andy Circus thing. And it's just gonna be this beautiful sunrise and we're gonna zoom in and there's just gonna be a big, big party down there. All those glow sticks. And what what's a better glow stick than a lightsaber? It's a really big glow stick. Wouldn't recommend cracking it in half. That leads to bad things. But, you know, it just, it really brings that there. And the law is going to follow them to this planet. Some of the law is going to realize, you know, I found myself here too. I have found who I truly am and I am not part of the man. I don't want that. So we're going to have some dancing droids. We're going to have some dancing Jedi. Some Jedi that are going to turn Sith again. It, you know, it happens. You know, sometimes you just realize you don't want to be that goody two-shoes that's there to keep the peace. Sometimes you just want to be yourself and become the flame-covered, decrepit old man that you were always meant to be. All right, so we're going to pass it back over to John, our producer. So, John, you've got some uh, details in New Direction here to your from your uh, crew. What do you think? Is this going the way you planned? And how are you going to market it before it goes out the door? Yeah, I think we're doing pretty good with uh, the direction we're going in. There's just a couple changes because I, I really think we need to bring it, like really, really tap into that youth market. What do youth love more these days than social media? I think they like fidget spinners a little bit more than social media. Oh, that's a tough one. We can work that in too. Fidget lightsabers. Oh, brilliant. I'm literally holding in my hand a Star Wars fidget spinner right now. All we gotta do is put. We just gotta put lightsabers on the end of that, make it light up, maybe make some noises. You press a button, Yoda says something. Oh, we got something. I can work that into the script. Okay, but in the movie, we need a Jedi social network. And it's gonna be when they turn into the Jedi ghosts, they all get their own account on this social media network. Forcenet? Forcenet. That's good. I like it. So, when they get into becoming Force ghosts, they become part of this social media network. And when they when they see a new Jedi up and coming that they kind of like and they, and they really think they're cool, they've got a little button that they can click to like this person. And then that makes this person a more powerful Jedi. And we, we know what we call these like buttons because it's modern social media. We call them media chlorians. What do you think, guys? <clears throat> I'm just happy to work on the Star Wars film. I think that midichlorian jokes are hit with the youth. 
I have seen it with the youth. The youth love midichlorians. All Star Wars fans love. They think midichlorians really are the powerhouse of the Force. I think we can go somewhere with this. Okay, so we do a giant social media blitz. We hit all of them. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. But we do all of our marketing, all of our heaviest marketing on MySpace. Is, Is MySpace still around? I thought their servers went down. Oh yeah, no, MySpace is totally still a thing. It's it's all the hit with the kids, right? Yeah, MySpace, you know, I have my whole apartment. That's MySpace and I have it. Got it. Sold. Book it. We're good. MySpace is still active for those who are wondering. Just before we send this out to the movie machine and pull the lever, uh, can I get a confirmation on the final title? Snokey and the Bandit, a Star Wars story. Okay. So I Make sure there's to... a colon between Star right. Wars and or yes. Bandit. So I will plug Snokey and the Bandit, colon, a Star Wars story, into the movie machine and pull the lever, which sounds like uh, a lightsaber and some sick rave tunes. So yeah, this movie comes back. It's pretty poorly received by most Star Wars fans. A lot of, like, younger younger folks are, like, into it and kind of, like, you know, it's silly and it's goofy and it's Star Wars. And I like all of those things. Frat dudes and ravers and people who are, like, really into club stuff are, like, really excited that John Williams has written some, like, techno bangers and stuff. Uh, so nice that like, he came back for this story. Yeah. So they're, like, you know, interested in that and, like... They, they don't really care about the rest of the stuff. So you, you have, like, some audience pull. Star Wars merch just, like, always sells. Of course you make your money back, but you're definitely ranked pretty low overall as far as the, the Star Wars movies go. Generally speaking, you don't do too great with that. George Lucas praises your attention to detail in the lightsabers and the rave scenes because the design is, like, really sharp and he thinks that's neat. But other than that, like, none of the other, like, Star Wars folks pay much attention to you guys liam neeson didn't even know that he was in this movie until like after it came out like they just digitally recreated him and like somebody was like oh yeah did you do like lines and he's like i wasn't in that movie it's like yeah you were oh shit he's still getting paycheck for it right so actually he didn't get paid we uh we cut that too much controversy well then how did you credit him we didn't it's digital cameo nice they found another actor who, uh, ac- actually, this is, John probably doesn't want me to say this, but Movie Machine is all-seeing and all-knowing. So they found another actor whose name was Lee Neeson, and then they cast him to do an impression of Liam Neeson. Ah. So, yeah. It's movie magic. It's true. All right. Well, the Movie Machine is just predicting the future. It's just magic. You do have some time before this movie actually goes out and all all things are final. So beginning with our writer, you have two minutes to decide if you want to make any last changes or if you just want to call it art and walk away. Yeah, you know, I was looking at other times that Star Wars did, you know, things that set in the past, prequel sort of thing, and I realized what's really missing is obviously shoehorned references to the future. Prequels had it, Solo definitely had it, so I I just have a few, you know, little winks and nods. And that was 50% of Solo. Right, exactly. So, so like, it'll be small things. So, like, you know, they're on Naboo, and they see a guy named uh, Sheev, and, you know, they're like, man, you're a real pal. Patine, um, or his last name is Patine, and it's like, you're a real pal, Patine, and he'd be like, huh, 
yes, that is a good one, or something, you know. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, the our programmer is the one who made R2-D2, we'll say. And, you know, they just like, this this droid isn't very good. I'll just give it to the Naboos. I mean, I'm sure nothing good will happen with this droid or something. Uh, I got a bad feeling about that. You have Qui-Gon, so you can see Obi-Wan as a little kid, and someone accidentally calls him Ben, and he likes that. You know, setting some seeds in the future, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I can always count on you, Dooku. Oh, there will be a bad guy in it. Uh, his name's like General Walter, and he, he uh, gets blowed up and gets put into a droid body and says, I have such a grievous now. <laughs> Generally, I have a grievous. You know, um, and this last one, okay, stick with me on this one because it requires some setup. So we're going to have this like drug or, you know, a MacGuffin called Ooh, and it's on a planet named Zen, which is where Palpatine is. And uh, they need to steal it. And so when they realize that's been stolen, they'll say, someone nabbed ooh. And then Palpatine says, huh, nabbed ooh. Like, an ooh can be a character even, you know, they nabbed him. Do you get it? Do you understand what I just so said? This, this bit is the beginning of the name of a planet that they also go to uh, well, in this story? It'll be... Uh, it'll be called something else. Like, it'll be sort of a, it'll be like a big reveal, too. It's like, oh, this planet Zen, it was uh, Naboo the whole time, and I didn't realize, you know, it'll just blow people's minds. You know what I'm saying? No. All right, so we're going to pass it over to our director, Jenny. So, Jenny, you've got uh, some gratuitously worked in uh, references that lead up to scenes in the previous movies in the series, given that you are set before all of them now. Uh, what do you think? Is this working? And uh, is there any other changes you would want to make? Well, some of it is definitely working. And I think an angle that we need to bring in is something else that you had mentioned. And you kind of brought it in when you mentioned Obi-Wan being called Ben as a child. We need more plucky children. That is what brings people to all these prequels. They just want to see plucky children the whole time going against the odds. And so we're going to have to bring in a whole host of kids. We can't put them in the rave, though. You can't really bring kids to a rave. That's not... Don't, right. don't bring your kids to a rave, guys. And so... You can bring your kids to giant war zones in Star Wars, but Well, not yeah, but rave. not raves. No, right. no, 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 no. There, there might be drugs there, like that ooh which maybe they're going to get the ooh. Were you saying it was on Naboo? Yeah. Okay, so we're going to get the ooh from Naboo. It's and not take called it... Naboo yet. Okay, so we're going to get the ooh on the planet soon to be known as Naboo. How far back in the past are we setting it doesn't this? Matter. Okay, so, and then we're going to bring it to Jeddah, to the rave. And we're going to have, if you've got Jedi there, and you've got Jedi that are going to be corrupted... Bring some force lightning to this rave. You know, we're out in the desert. There's not as many things that are going to catch on fire on their own. We need some force lightning. It's going to make some really good visuals. We're going to have some, like, strobing effects. We'll have to put a warning at the beginning of the film saying that if you can't do strobing effects, you're going to have to close your eyes or not see it, which would be really sad. Can the lightning make dubstep noises? Yes, absolutely. That's all it does. Like in The Sorcerer's Apprentice? Right. That's where I got the inspiration. Okay. That's what got me into film is that film. Well, it'll, you know, you, we're bringing it back to other other films under the greater Disney umbrella. That's It's such a subtle tie-in. That's good. We need a Mickey Mouse head somewhere. When the force lightning lights something, someone, someone on fire, it's going to light someone on fire. And as the smoke goes up, it will form a Mickey Mouse head in the sky. All right. So we're going to send it over to John, our producer. John, what do you think? Have these guys been doing their job? And uh, what, what happens now? You know, I think that 
they're taking this in an interesting direction. I do like the idea of working in some references to the uh, man upstairs, if you know what I mean. But I think to do that, when we get the force lightning to, to come in and we uh, we have the force lightning rocking the dubstep, um, I think we just make it Dead Mouse. I mean, why not? He's already basically Mickey Mouse. So you want to hire Dead Mouse to be the DJ at this rave? Oh, no, we're not hiring Dead Mouse. We're just going to offer them the exposure. Ah. It's another artist who, who has also been named Dead Mouse. It's just spelled differently. Yeah. They've been using this a lot to get around. I was going to say, because Dooku is apparently in this, so, like, there's there's a Kristoff Early who's now, like, playing that role. Oh, no, he's dead. Well, he's dead now. We can just CGI without paying him, right? We did that in the past. Yeah, skip paying the estate. We're, uh, we're, we're, we're not about that. We've got a budget, but... To be fair, I already took half of it, and I'm planning to flee to Mexico, so... Oh, did I say that out loud? Anyways, yeah, you guys are going to do great, and uh, the movie's going to be an absolute failure, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'll uh, see you guys on the Tequila Ranch. Alright, so we'll plug all the changes back into the movie machine. Uh, this movie does even worse than it did before. The The introduction of children makes all the people who are into party culture not want to be there. So a lot of your party culture friends are, are, are not uh, so interested in this. Um, there's a lot of controversy about not paying people. And John is eventually tracked down by a cartel and, and murdered in his sleep. But that, that is, uh, you know, just the way things go sometimes here on the movie machine. As always, we are going to end our episode with a quote of wisdom from our current patron saint, Jaden Smith. My dad's about to drop some fire. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>